Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, RC Peck is about to come on and blow your mind in terms of what's possible with your finances, transforming your relationship with your finances, with money, with wealth. And uh, I've had some really tough aspects of my life and my family went through hardship and I think a lot of people did and uh, RC is going to be diving into a lot of that, how we can reshape our identity, how we can train ourselves to build a relationship with our money, with our wealth that absolutely transforms our life. So you definitely want to stay tuned. It's going to be a powerful interview. Before we dive in, I'm talking to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. You showed up here today. You're listening to this podcast, this YouTube, this uh, Facebook, whatever the case might be. Thank you for choosing to grow on the journey and be your GPS. Thank you for being here. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. And this week, let's see who it's by. It's by M Davis 777 very inspirational and educational. This is the podcast to listen to if you're looking for both inspiration and education on a variety of topics to help you be the best you you can be. I love it. M. M. Davis, thank you so much for giving us that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store and you can give us a review there. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, how we can improve the show. For you. Thanks so much in advance for doing that. Uh, next up, I'm going to be introing RC. This is going to be a powerful interview. You definitely want to stick around all the way through to the end because one of these ideas has the power to change everything for you. Make sure you grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes, or at least go back and do, do that because I find when you're driving, when you're doing things, going around, that's great. It's great to get that inspiration, that education there and take action on this stuff. That's what really makes the difference. Let's introduce RC. RC Peck shows people how to get income, growth, and stability from their saved money that they've come to expect from their careers, all without struggle. With his deep background in NLP, struggling with dyslexia, and watching his parents' life savings embezzled, RC's approach to investment stability is powerfully simple and transformational to his clients and their entire lives. Combine that with RC being a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor, and you get an incredibly simple approach, which he calls the IEA method, that allows his clients to eliminate all investment anxiety and worry. And we have RC with us here today. RC, are you ready to transform some people's financial lives, brother? Come on, man. Let's do it. All right. We're live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self, man. Thank you for being here. We're going to dive right into the theme of today, which is the patterns of transformation. We just want to hear, what does that mean to you, the patterns of transformation? How does that show up in your work, in your life? What does that mean to you, man? Before someone can transform, I think they want to, they, they have to want to want to transform. Oh, yeah. And I don't think many people actually want to want to transform. Mm -hmm. um, and someone who goes to a weekend workshop, that's not the definition of wanting to actually want to transform. Mm -hmm. Like, so w when I listen to people interview others, the, the, the question that always goes on in my mind is, how did they want to want to be better? Yeah. Right? Because like just taking a really popular podcast like Tim Ferriss when he interviews someone, like if he interviews Peter Atia or some other high, amazing person, it's it's not like, oh, there's a better way to do a pull-up. It's like, how did you want to want to figure out how to do a better pull-up for I mean, I'm using a trivial example. But to me, that's the entire that's the game right there. It, I, I hear there's a quality to wanting. Right. It's like how, how much in what in what dimensions, in what context do you want? Do you want it 24 seven? Is that when you're thinking about it? Do you want it when you're going to sleep? Do you want it when you're you're eating food? Uh, is I, I hear that it's just giving more substance and context to to what lengths is that? Is that what you mean? 
whatever someone wants to do, yes, there's going to be bad news that comes up. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's going it, it's going to be really hard. I was listening to uh, Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller. Yes. Yes. And he finally lost. I don't know, a hundred pounds, whatever it was. <laughs> and the guy who helped him, it's like, this is going to be the hardest thing you ever do. This is going to be horrible and painful. And it's going to attack every emotional corner of your life. And the answer is that's right. That's what's going to happen. Mm. Like sometimes my kids are hungry mm. and I'll say, well, hunger's not a feeling. What's the feeling? Mm. Um, by the way, I've been talking to them weird like this for a long time. I love it, dude. This is, I'm going I'm to talk to my kids like this. Shoot. <laughs> so, so I'm like, what is it? Are you feeling mad? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling glad? Or are you feeling afraid? And if they're playing along with me, which half the time they are, they're like, I'm mad you were on the phone. I'm like, oh, so, so now we're... So now it has nothing to do with food. It's wow. Adam on the phone. Mm-hmm. And it typically means I want to play with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So it has not, if I would have then been like, Oh, let me get something in the fridge because it's like, this has nothing to do with food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think most transformation does not happen because there is not a deep enough desire to want to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and your present state has to be painful enough. Well, sorry, your present state has to be much more painful than what you're going to have to, than the discomfort you're going to have to go through. Mm. Um, And most people, look, I was in a marriage that I knew was not working. Mm. There was no like, well, sometimes it's not. And like, and she was in a marriage that she, <laughs> that she knew was not working. Like we both knew we were in this marriage that wasn't working. And I remember going, I am so scared to be alone. I'm so scared to not be married. In, I'm, I'm more scared to be alone than be in a marriage that's clearly absolutely not working. And I had this conversation with people. And I, I, in fact, I called some people and the, the conversation would be ring. They pick up and I just start crying. Now, the first thing is the person on the other end of the phone does not have the same last name as me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's men yes. who are friends mm-hmm. who I can call and just, I'm so scared. Like, I'm not going to cry. Like, but, you know, crying. And then on the other end, it's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm right here. I'm right. Yeah, I'm right here. Or if I do that to my sister, my sister would go, where do you need me to be? Right. So she's in North Carolina. I'm in Washington state. Where do you need me to be? It's like, that's all I needed to hear. I was so scared to be alone. I stayed in a marriage. I'm not in the marriage anymore. Um, We had a $1,500 divorce. So anyone who doesn't know what that means, it means there were two adults in the room, <laughs> not, not two kids and two paid adults, Yes, but two adults in the room who over two dozen conversations figured out how to have a kid focused mm. adult divorce. Mm. Um, but this gets back to your question because I had, I had to first identify the state of, I'm so scared to be alone. I'm so scared to be alone. Now, I have two kids. I have parents. I have loving relationships. Um, but I was like, I'm so scared. And, and then it became, well, the pain of staying in an unhealthy marriage is clearly more than being scared. I didn't get, I mean, it was, I got less scared. It, it didn't get a worse marriage, but it's like, yep, you're going to be scared and let's have your best life. And there's going to be some really scary stuff. And so this transformation, it's easy to say your present moment state has to be less scary than the one. Like that's all, <laughs> it's garbage. But there's this, 
before transformation can happen, there's like, like the people that hire me, they don't use these words, but they say, I, I got to figure this out. Mm. Not I probably should, or it's a good idea. Or wouldn't that be nice if I could run a six minute mile? It's, it's, I absolutely positively have to figure out how to get it. I'm using my words, not there, not theirs. How do we get my income and growth and stability from my saved money? I've got to figure this out because I'm in my fifties now. Like my career's going away. I've got to figure this out until someone gets to that point. Man, man. RC, we're we're just blowing this conversation like and it, I love this. I love I love, you know, the topic of transformation that just brings to the surface like we're going deep. We're going like what actually is transformation? What is the human experience? What is what is it what does it mean to achieve our goals, our greatest desires, to confront our deepest freaking fears, man? So I, I just love that you you just went for it, man. This is this is powerful. I know you have a, a big background in psychology and how people can can create this transformation in their lives today. So for everyone who's just getting connected with you, tell us more about the work that you do with your clients, man. So thanks. They clients come to me with a very specific problem. Sure. And the problem is I want to know I'm going to have enough regardless of who's in the white house or who's printing money or not printing money at the fed or what the stock market does or doesn't do. But they're saying to me, I've got to know I will have enough regardless of what happens. Right. That's one of the main things. Again, I'm using my words, not their words. Another thing they're saying is I somewhere lost control. Right. Like the big box advisor that lost just 45% of my money in the 2008 global financial crisis, which the stock market, depending on which one you're looking at, fell 60 to 70%. Someone without income growth and stability from from their job or career, they can't sustain a 45% loss. Hmm. Right. And so they're coming saying, again, not using their words, but I'm translating and saying, somewhere I lost control of my own future of that stability and those choices and the security. And you know, I got it with my career. Mm-hmm. I figured out what to do, went to college, went to graduate school, married the right person, had kids, did what I was supposed to do at IBM, moved up through the whatever, whatever it was like, they figured it out to get that stability and that income and the growth from the career. But you know, they're over 50 now. Yeah. By the way, you don't need to be over 50, but until you get to 50, you don't experientially experience Oh, the job's going away. Mm. Or I don't want to have to do this when I'm 70. I may love what I do, but I don't want to have to do this. And so somewhere about 50, the human brain goes, something's not, something's not right. The big box advisor, I like him or her, but something's off with that. And those pick of the month newsletters, they just create anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what, what the person hires me to do is to rewire their brain. So regardless of the information that hits it, they have a step that goes, I know how to know what's significant and what's noise. I know how I know now what's noise and what's a signal regardless of whether they believe gold should go to 10,000 or the Dow should go to a hundred thousand, like that's all biases and opinion. They, they actually know how to take the information that hits their life, which is the I and the IEA. Hmm. So, like, that's what they're wanting. But when you know that you get the control back, you get to know you're going to have enough, um, which is really what people want. Like they, they want to know they're going to have enough. They want to know, that they get control back, you know, over their future. Yeah. It's, it's, we're here to experience creating our, our reality, in my opinion. You know, we're, we're having this, this human experience, this human journey to see what it's like to have our own volition, our own ability to say, I want this. I want to do that. I want to experience this adventure, fun, play, travel, whatever it might be. Love, you know, all, all of the things. And, and also the other emotions, I believe as well, that we don't necessarily want, but 
I think are in our, our highest and best good to grow into our best selves, like sadness, like anger, like frustration. You know, I, I love that, that. I think you said earlier, mad, sad, glad, afraid. Those are like the four emotions. Everything else is just a, a flavor beyond that. It's, it's an adult word used in replace of I'm so mad. Mm. Right. So I, I, can I, I'll just give you my favorite replacement word. Yes. But one thing I do in my training is the words you use create the world you live in. Yep. If you change the words, you change your world. It, it automatically happens. Yep. It's like the rewiring. So there's phrases I don't allow my training clients to use with me. One of them is I'm busy. <laughs> because I'm busy is an adult phrase for I'm scared. Mm. And when I train women, they immediately jump in and go, got it. I got the words I'm allowed to use. I get the words I'm not allowed to use. And when I change the words, oh my gosh, my finances change. My money grows. I don't like, but so words are incredibly important. Most people have been taught to use words that hurt them. Um, so yeah, so there's only four emotions, mad, sad, glad, afraid. And so whenever I hear someone say, a re- an adult replacement phrase, I, I stop and go. So I'll either say to them, say it again with either mad, sad, glad, or afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what will happen sometimes is I go, well, okay, so I'm paying you. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm mad. It's like wrong. Let, let's do it again. <laughs> and until they say, I am scared or I am. Now I am sad. We don't move forward because if they can't even say it in the framework of my training, like guys, come on. Um, But it's incredible when once the words shift, Mm -hmm. the behavior comes along. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's one of the reasons why in eight weeks or less, I can, someone's life gets completely transformed. I mean, the vehicle is investing in money, but the result is a transformed life because they can use the language anywhere. Yeah. RC, this is gold. Let's go back in your journey, man. Um, I want to talk about just what, what was your level of consciousness around mad, sad, glad, afraid, personal development, high performance, things like that, when your parents' money got embezzled? And what was that like for you, man? Well, what it was like was scary. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going back to college. Like I was told on a break. I don't know what break it was, but I was home from school and I was like, am I going back? So I was, I mean, scared. Um, I mean, it is very scary when your parents who don't cry, you've never seen them cry, are crying. Like something really, really bad is going on right now. Um, so, I mean, I was super scared. Um, I, I didn't start getting connected to kind of the mad, sad, glad, afraid until I did my NLP training. Um, because you, you, you quickly learn like in this case specifically, there's only four feelings and Three of them are really short words that rhyme and, you know, scared and afraid doesn't rhyme with the other three, but it's like, they're all short and your five-year-old knows all of them. And it's like, once you identify, I mean, there's science behind this. Like people have gone into functional MRIs and they've been shown scary pictures. And just by saying the word, the phrase, I feel scared. The, the fMRI can see blood flow change in the brain. It can actually can see the brain just because now the brain's like, oh, we're doing scared right now. Got it. I know scared. Where before it was like, oh. Um, so probably, probably when I started training in NLP, that I started getting connected to. Got to figure out the feeling first. Um, and let's and, and the great thing about money is it's connected to your identity, right? So, if someone just wanted a better life, 
getting your finances aligned with what you want is like an exceptionally fast way of doing it because <laughs> yeah. it goes all the way in. Um, yeah. I love it. This is, this is powerful, man. So what, what changed about how you see reality from that, um, from your parents, that, that situation with your parents and how did you, how did you course correct? Was it, did you say, okay, I know that this is still there. Let's go find something. Let's try NLP, you know, a decade or two later, or how did that, how did that, transformation happen look the transformation if, if you i will go back to where things started to change and that was i have two older sisters one of my older sisters said oh i, I go to the council and i talk to him i'm like what <laughs> you, you just sit down and talk and i was blown away by this and so i she was a senior i was a freshman so i went to her council. i had a different one i don't know why but i went to her counselor and i went into the room and i sat down and i'm like I'm waiting for the magic to happen. Pretty soon he's going to ask me, how are you feeling? Like, what's going on? And he didn't um, because there wasn't the context. But I sat there and I'm just waiting and he's waiting and nothing's happening. And he's like, so how's college? I'm like, I'm a freshman. So nothing happened in that. It wasn't until my freshman year of college, four years later, where we had, I went to a little school, we had a counselor, not even a, a certified whatever. He was just, he actually said to me, he goes, I'm just, I'm here to talk. And Mike Tyndall was his name, still is probably. And I sat down with Mike at 19, first couple weeks or months in college. And I sat down with another human who wasn't a parent. Mm. Like there was a separate category in life called not an a your adult parent or your friend's adult parent or something, but like there's this whole new person. And I sat down, I was just like, I think I have oily skin. I don't like how I look. He's like, oh, really? No, I didn't really oily skin. I was like, what? What what do you my mom doesn't think I have oily skin, but she's my mom. <laughs> and I was just, I, it literally it was this crack in my brain. I was like, I don't have oily skin. First of all, I did have oily skin, but it didn't matter. Like I was talking to this guy. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I would just every, I'd go to him once a month and sit down and be like, bloppity blop. Oh, I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And so that was the introduction because I, I did not like myself growing up. Um, that's I'm being kind right now. I hated myself. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and the funny thing is, like, I was a cute kid growing up, blonde hair, blue eyes. The girls liked me. The guys wanted to be friends with me. I was good at soccer. Like my parents were together. They loved me. Like there'd be no reason why this cute little kid who's liked by others hates himself. Mm. Um. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, probably 19, Mike Tyndall's office. Wow. <laughs> but it was actually before that. It was my sister pointing out that she had this conversation. And she said in a way, like, oh, I sat down with him and I talked to him about my feelings. I was like, you can do that? And that, that actually was the – that conversation. So I was probably uh, 14 or 15 when my sister Tanya said that. And, but I waited, or it didn't happen until I was 18. Yeah. And that so, was that was the start. So what was the transition from corporate environment into wanting to serve people with this information and help them with their finances and their own transformation? Being angry. <laughs> I was a pretty pissed off kid. And I had a lot of I still do have a lot of rage towards the financial institution big i call them big box advisors yeah. um towards advisors and money managers and brokers and insurance sales people and look i'm not saying they're bad people um surely some of them are but let's just say most of them aren't but there there was this there, were, there was nowhere to go so i i graduated um i graduated with an asian studies degree from a college in the Midwest in the early 90s. 
like I was one of three people. Like no one studies Asian studies in the Midwest in the early nineties. Like way before anyone knew there was this place called Asia. I'm like, Asia's the future. Knowing Mandarin is the future. So I, I had like I, I followed my curiosity and lived in Asia, made a lot of money selling medical software, came back home and said, I've got to figure out this whole investment thing. I just, I got to figure, I've got to figure it out. I paid off my student loans. I figured out that I could live to a hundred years old without ever having to work ever again. So I was retired at 25. And so I was like, I'm going to figure out money. And I went to all the big box advisors in, in New York city. Anyone. I'm like, look, I'll pay you. Like I will, I will give you money if you train me and show me how this money things work, how this money thing works. First of all, there's no, I'm like, why isn't there a, training i mean it's money like, i'm not asking to learn how to play badminton like like it's a third of your life like i believe our lives are broken up into just three parts your health your wealth and yourself yourself is all your relationships in the world including your relationship with yourself and if you believe in god or higher power relationship with that entity but there's only three parts to your life and there's this thing called wealth that there's zero training for like it's, I mean, Income, there's training. You go to college to pass a filter to then get trained to then figure out how to make income to then create the income stability and growth in your life. But there is zero training in the growing it. Zero. And by the way, learning an options trading course, that's not it. Um, Reading Susie Orman books, that's not it. Because the problem is if you follow all of that, and we can talk, I mean, I'll take whether it's David Bach or Ramit Sethi, yeah. um, they, they, get the, they get one part of it right, but what they don't get right across the board, what they don't get right is how do I get the growth, the income and stability from my saved and accumulated money so I don't have anxiety, stress, worry, angst, or overwhelm? Because if you follow their advice, which is some form of over-diversifying, over-buying hold, what happens is when you hit your 50s and 60s, your body goes, but losing 45%, I feel super anxious about that. Like they never, they never talk about you're gonna get anxious. Yeah. You're gonna worry. You're gonna start losing sleep. You're gonna start kicking the dog. Because parts of you know you lost control. Parts of you know you don't actually know fully, fully, fully if you're gonna have enough. And you have no idea how to filter out the noise. And so, and, and I bring those people up, uh, Orman, David Bach, Ramit Sethi, because they're missing the mark. And so, like, it gets me mad. I, I, I'm like, no, do a, do a better job, guys. Um, and and I, I did, I actually did a, um, I did a conversation because what happens is when you talk to someone you like or who has commercial success and they say something with complete reverence, right? So Ramit Sethi once was being interviewed and he's like, oh, growing money is so easy. It's all you do. Oh my God. Here it is. Here it is right here. Here it is right here. All you do is buy the 2060 target date fund. Mic drop. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm increasing the volume on his self-righteousness specifically. And I just want to say Ramit Sethi, super accomplished guy, mm. super amazing dude, went to Harvard, has built a $30, $40 million a year company, has hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. But when it comes to growing your money, mm. he led with arrogance and self-righteousness. Mm. And I actually, he showed, he, he literally said, you got to get the, the Vanguard 2060 target date fund. And I literally brought it up in a podcast or a blog or something. I said, this is what he showed you to put your money on. And I showed the price chart. And I said, let me show you where all the leaks are. Hmm. So getting back to what drives me is like, it just makes me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is, is it misinformation? Is it that, you know, there's, it's just not accessible to the common person who isn't trained how to do this stuff? Is it, is it like, it gets you angry that it's not accessible or what is, 
it, so I'm just going to say why it was with Ramit. Yeah. yeah. He led with arrogance and overconfidence Mm. as a, how how do you not know this? Like what's wrong with you? Here it is. (laughs) Here it is right here. Like, like, right. And, and, and right. This is what happens. 10,000 times a day when you walk into the big box advisor Mm. on the seventh floor with the super attractive people, even the ugly people in the office are beautiful. Even the badly dressed people are beautifully dressed. And so you walk in and, and, and and the woman or the man behind the the desk, the big oak desk, I'm using it part metaphor, but part not, you walk in, you're like, well, certainly they know the answer. For the, for the very act that I am even telling myself they know the answer. And I had to get in my car and drive and go up. And so just the frame of that. And then they say, look, we're going to get you a well-diversified portfolio and rebalance it twice a year. <laughs> and you're like, I guess that's it. That's, that's my trophy. That's my prize. All right. <laughs> and in fact, you're like, well, I don't know. I'm paying you. So it sounds like what everyone else is saying. And I know I'm, I'm also upping, upping the volume, but I'm doing it purposely because that person in the chair has no idea what questions to ask. Mm. And when they do, they ask really bad questions. Mm. They do. And then somewhere in their 50s or 60s, they go, I'm not sleeping. My job's going to go away. I love it, but like, I don't want to have to work one day. And I have this anxiety and the stress and this worry. And I just. <sighs> it's a pretty bad experience to have your second half of your life like that. And the thing is, it's just, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. So, so ideally, what would be the experience that you wish these big box firms would provide? What kind of questions are they not asking people to give them their power to give them the ability to create their freedom and have a, a investment strategy or way of experience that fulfills them, that's successful for them. Look, the second best business model on the planet is managing people's money. What's hmm. the first? Religion. <laughs> you don't even need to pay taxes if it's a religion. I mean, who figured this one out? Like, <laughs> If we call it this, we don't pay taxes. Are you kidding me? We can just use the R word and not, yeah, are you, no, yeah. Well, if I don't want to do that, what should I do? Oh my God. Okay. Here's the second best. It's called managing people's money. You sell them this story. Okay. So, so the first answer is, um, no, they're not going to do that. So it will never come from within. It has to come from without. Um, And because I am an angry five-year-old sometime with means, I'm now 49. (laughs) But even before that, like when you're 25 and you've paid off your living expenses and lifestyle for the next 75 years, and you saw your parents have their money stolen and you're, you have a dyslexic brain and you were raised to be an artist and you were in a school system that the only way you got your 3.6 GPA out of four, there was no five when I went to school out of four is because you took every art class in your high school. And then the art teacher said, Hey, RC, do you want to do like a, we'll just make up a class for you so you can do more art. And I didn't know how to spell the word ski or sky and I'm 18, but like, you know, stuff's pretty messed up. Like, and I went to one of those schools. uh, This is the best school in the district. Like, I'm like, something's off here. Now I don't necessarily blame no one knew I had dyslexia, but you know, I didn't get A's by studying. I got A's by painting and drawing and taking choir. I mean, 
I mean, in playing soccer, and it's important because I never had to go to gym. And gym was a one credit class in my high school where I could replace it with a four credit art class. So like I was working the system <laughs> when I was a teenager. Yeah. I had, I didn't know I had dyslexia. I just know I hated myself <laughs> and I didn't know how to spell the word sky or ski and why are they similar and isn't an I a Y. And, but some, it's like, I just, I'm going to go paint and, and like, I didn't know I was self-righteous. I was just angry. So I, 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 you know, there's, there's that thing we started with, like, I had to figure it out. Mm. I knew getting a C was not okay. Mm. Like, I didn't need to get an A. I mean, I crushed it in all my art classes. Like, it was easy to get an A. Not because it was easy, but because I loved practicing. But getting Cs wasn't okay. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm a weird dude. <laughs> But at least, at least you accept it now. You didn't accept it when you were a teenager. <laughs> I mean, I say to my kids, like, you're flying the freak flag. I fly the freak flag. Your mom flies. The freak flag. We're all freaks, honey. We're all freaks. We're all weirdos. No one's normal. Like, I love it. My kids have dyslexia. So, but we know. Um, so it's like, I don't even remember your question, but I, I'm a freak. Like, just the, the let's talk about the experience. The experience um, you want you want your clients to have. Like we talked about getting their power back. Let's talk about you know what what is it that they go through in one of your your programs. You have NLP. You have financial awareness, knowledge, expertise, mastery. Yeah. Like what what is that experience like for them? I mean, what the experience is like for them. It's the combination of all four feelings. It's going to be an experience of I'm mad at RC. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, I mean, look, I train them to follow the IEA, I is information, E is emotion, A is action. Okay. So it's, it's incredibly important because I train them to take action. So even if they're wrong, they can't get hurt. Mm. How? If you are driving down the highway and you get off one exit too early, mm. you made a mistake, mm. but you didn't hurt yourself. You, you said, oh, oh, no, this is not the right exit. You don't pull over for 10 years and start blogging about it. Um, you say, oh, yeah, oh, I'm going to be, shoot, I'm going to be five minutes late. Okay, hold on. I got to make a phone call. Hey, uh, sorry, made a mistake. I got off one exit, and there's this weird jug handle thing. I'm in New Jersey, and I don't understand jug handles. <laughs> you ever been to New Jersey, you know what I'm talking about. And so you, you like you manage it. You're you stay in your adult body. You make the phone call and say, "I am now going to be like, I'm sorry." Mm. All right. So that's taking an action and taking, but most of what you did was right. Like you got there, you just got there ten minutes later, five minutes mm. late. So we're taught that the wrong exit means you never get to retire means you get to lose half of your money or all of it. Like, cause that's what we've been taught to believe. So I'm starting with the a last that the outcome for my clients is they go, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it in a way. So let's just assume I'm wrong. Let's just assume every action I'm wrong. I already know the outcome of my wrongness and that is way past being survivable. But no one's trained how to take an action with their money without hurting themselves. So then if you go in reverse order, then there's, then, then there's this whole thing called your feelings, mm -hmm. which no one calls it their feelings. They either say psychology or behavior mm -hmm. um, or emotions. So then there's the emotion. And there's always three people involved with every money um, decision. There's the adult person. There's a three-year-old person in them. And then the, there's that person's money. Mm. And all I do is train them to kind of look over at what the money's feeling. Mm. So they go, oh, oh, I'm feeling scared, but my money isn't. Or convert or just, or flip it. My money is scared to death right now. <laughs> because I, I, I train them to, to know with black and white certainty Money scared me not. Me probably needs to be scared. 
Mm. Um, right, and so if you only have four feelings, which we only do, <laughs> and what's funny is of the four, three of them are there to keep you alive. Like, glad was put there probably to procreate. Like, whew, glad I had sex. Right? So there's a reason glad is there. Like the mad, sad, and afraid. Like the fact that three of them, let's call them negative. That's how we call it. The fact that three out of four of our feelings are negative. Gosh, in 2020, if you're having a negative feeling about your money, must mean you're going to die. No. No, because it's not 10,000 years ago. But no one's been trained to, to be like, oh, got it. Feeling this. This is what I do. Money's super cool with what's happening right now. God, I've been trained to understand that. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm, you know, keeping stuff out. Sure. Um, and then the first one, just information. Mm. Information's hitting us every moment. Mm -hmm. um, how do we know what is significant? How do we know what is unbiased? How do we know which one is the signal? And the answer is we don't because we've, we've been taught to follow our biases. We've been taught that, you know, I'm feeling so scared. Take your money out of the market. What? But we've been taught that if we're scared, something must be wrong. Mm. And by the way, most of the time, it's not the adult self that's scared anyway. So... When you go through the IEA and when you're trained, what happens is you just naturally can sort information almost immediately, mm -hmm. identify the emotion of yourself and your money, and take an action that has your money pretty happy. And, and it's, it, it is a rewiring of the brain. So, that, I mean, that's, that's what my clients get trained in. And of course, it transforms their marriage. It transforms their relationship at work. It transforms how much they make. It transforms how they talk to their kids. Because now it's like, what information is coming in? Got it. I'm feeling angry. Okay. Probably shouldn't say anymore. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's so many different investment strategies, opportunities, vehicles, RC. How, do, how does someone know what's the right one for them? I mean, it's so, it's so simple. You, can you just, can you throw an example at me? <laughs> uh, let's talk about real estate, multi-tenant okay. apartments. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so your complexity department just gave me that answer. <laughs> um, so they would be trained to, like, I mean, so let me just talk from my point of view. The sure. first thing I'd ask them is, oh, that's interesting. Um, we're talking about information right now, multi-tenant investment properties. That's the information part. So now what we have to do is we have to figure out um, if that is something that is best for what we want. Mm. Right. So, okay. So multi-tenant. So one of the first things someone's going to say in that is something about what they don't like with the stock market. Mm. It, it just, it, it can't happen. Right. People aren't born into real estate. They, they typically move over to it because they thought the stock market is dangerous. Yeah. So as soon as the information comes in, we got to peel back what's actually going on with the feelings in an unbiased way. No, Robert Kiyosaki says, like, who, hold on, hold on. What did he say? Um, because... If someone buys a multi-tenant, just if someone buys a fourplex, mm -hmm. by the way, I don't care what someone owns. I, I am not attached. Like I don't sell stocks. I don't sell housing. I don't sell commodities. Like that's the thing. Like I'm fully unattached, but I go, okay, so I, I need to understand what's actually going on at a feeling basis. Mm -hmm. Stock market is dangerous. There's a whole conversation. Um, and so before we even get into should they buy the fourplex in the Tri-Cities, it's, whoa, 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 whoa. We've gotten way ahead of our skis, the tips of our skis. We need, to, we need to take a huge step back and go, according to whom is a multi-tenant? Oh, well, everyone, not to me. 
Mm. Okay, well, I took this course. Okay. Was was there at the end of the course a way for them to sell you their inventory? Yeah, they would do it for us. You know, <laughs> okay. there's probably a bias. It's okay to offer something, but like a better course to take was stock market, real estate, fixed income, commodity. Let's take the four asset classes on the planet. Mm. Let's look at the pros and cons of each. Yeah, that would be the training course. Like. Yeah. Great. And for real estate, we're going to go with four classes. And for stock market, we're going to go with the S&P 500 index. And for fixed income, we're going to go with the total, the Vanguard total bond market index fund. Like now, now that person's presented with fully unbiased and say, look, let's look at the pros and cons of all four. Um, but, but no one, because they've never been trained to start with information and then quickly go to E for emotion. What they're doing is they end up in a part of the internet or part of life where everything's about multi-tenant fourplexes. Yeah. And so they're hearing all the hero stories and they want to be like that person. And so all of a sudden they own one and it's horrible. Mm. It's not right for them. Like it slows like it has nothing to do with the multi-tenant. It's the fact that they were running from something. And running for something typically isn't a good way to get what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was going to say, in your, in your course, do you cover a specific type of investment strategy or how do you, do you customize it for each individual? Based yeah, on- there is, again, I'm unattached to what they want to do. So if yeah. someone owns real estate, I, I, I will show you the best way to do it. Yeah. Right. How do you take action without getting hurt? Mm. By the way, that's really hard. Robert Kiyosaki, what he taught was, I'm going to show you how to take action. And if you're wrong, you're going to get screwed. You're going to lose everything. And it's going to absolutely blow up your life. That's the method he taught. By the way, his company went bankrupt last year. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, And I've always had an issue with him. Again, super successful dude. Made his money selling Velcro wallets, which I don't know if you knew that or not. we had a he's he's commercially accomplished um and so this rich dad poor dad was an amazing book like i'm i'm in awe of the framing of that book like it's it's awesome so but he he trained people to um either be a hundred percent right or just absolutely devastate your life and so, so if you came in and go, I want to buy stocks, I want to be a day trader, or someone else comes in and goes, I want to own multi-unit real estate, it's like, fine. There's only four assets on the planet. There's not 44, 444. So let's just go through the IEA approach and make sure we're not reacting to fear. And let's, let's actually check in with your money and see what you've been taught to believe. And so what happens is they, they come out with a, oh, I don't need to go do that. Mm. Mm. Or, or now I really know how to do it properly. Mm. Um, because I say I don't care, but what that means is I'm not attached to what asset they buy. I just want it to be able to pass the filter that if they're wrong with buying the duplex, they will not get hurt. But, so yeah. the, the, what I'm hearing is if you know what the downside is, the worst case scenario, and you, you're covered to win in that scenario, and then the upside is wherever that goes, as long as you cover the downside, then, the, then it, will, it, will be wor- it will be worthwhile for them as long as they win in that worst case scenario. I mean, real estate's weird in that it's, it's very difficult to get rid of, yeah. where if you buy a ticker symbol, you can get rid of it in a moment. And also you flip that. That's part of the problem with the stock market. You can get rid of something. The moment you wake up and hear the wrong president was elected, you think your world's ending and you sell everything. Um, And so each asset class has its own pros and cons. So yeah, so just if you went with real estate, so let's say you buy that, it has to pass this filter. So if you're wrong, you'll still be okay. And because most people are not, committed to taking action that if they're wrong, they'll be okay. 
they, they end up owning things that once they're wrong, they don't know how to undo it, right? If they pull over one exit too soon and they just, they're like, oh, I guess this is where I'm living for the next decade, you know, at the Arby's. You know, because they haven't been trained to be unattached or agnostic or look, I don't care if it's real estate or stocks or bonds or cash. Um, I just, I want that income and that growth and stability from my saved money. And I, I think most people ideally are less attached to the how and more committed to the 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 efficacy of it right the effectiveness of it i i hope everyone is is seeking that and so when someone comes to you rc they're going to say rc i trust you to advise me to lead me to whatever you feel with your knowledge with your experience as well as my combined desire of here's what i want here's what i feel good about etc then you just like lead them to whatever that that sweet spot is for them to achieve their goals. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I am showing them how to do it. So I literally will say to people, you should never have to trust someone when it comes to your money. Mm. If you have to trust someone, something is wrong. Mm. Now over, look, my training clients trust and like, and love me, but it's not because they have to. Right. If you have to trust, you have to trust your brain surgeon. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. But if someone has to trust their advisor, that's a sign that there's something really wrong. Now, you should trust them to follow their orders and what whatnot. But I trust and like is the most followed investment strategy on the planet. And and it has huge downsides to it. So, so how do how do people start taking action to get more financial literacy? They can do your course. They can contact you, connect with you, fearlesswealth.com. We'll talk more about that in a sec. But is there anything else you would recommend that they can really do to shift their financial perspective? Um, I mean, I want to answer this without saying go to my website. Um, and I'm not saying that like, I, the, the first thing that jumped to my mind, <laughs> read, read books on raising kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not the answer anyone wants. <laughs> um, and I, because we're not taught Sorry, because we're not trained to stay in our adult body when talking investing, we actually revert back to our three-year-old. I mean, every 12-step program that's come about since 1937 has figured this out. Um, And I know even me saying 12 steps, we just lost half the audience. Um, Nothing wrong with me. Um, (laughs) By the way, that was the reaction from someone probably something there the other half is like interesting that's the person who's probably coachable Um, so i I don't know i mean look (laughs) learning nlp is great but that's that's a slippery slope because it's like saying learn to be healthy Mm. um i think it's a desire it's it's a it's there's, there has to be a desire to know there's a better way. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be bad news, right? Jerry Maguire breakdown, breakthrough. Actually, it wasn't Jerry. It was his mentor. I forgot the guy's name. Breakdown, breakthrough. <laughs> uh, remember the guy, Jerry Maguire's like mentor, what his name was? I don't remember his name. <laughs> you do know the movie, Jerry Maguire, right? Or yes. No? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, that's good, though. I I think understanding and being able to parent our inner child and what what are the emotions, being more emotionally intelligent, present, I think that's a a step forward. But it really sounds like having your 
your I don't know, like sandbox, your mentorship, your guidance, this this program is really what's going to help them like supercharge their relationship with them, themselves, how to process their information, emotions, take committed action, and also just your experience and wisdom, helping them like find the vehicle, the strategy after passing the filters. That's really going to make the biggest difference for them. So they don't need to trust someone outside of themselves. They have that self-efficacy, that power within themselves to be able to create that result, man. So um, let's tell them how they can take those next steps with you, how, how they can get involved. What does that look like, man? Look, the next step is always the easiest. Um, there's one place on the planet where you can find out about it. <laughs> it's, it's a website that I've had since 1998. Wow. Has, has not changed names, has not changed dot whatever. That's awesome. It's the same place. Uh, and the website is fearlesswealth.com. Um, that that is the place to go and you don't have to trust the weatherman mm. when you step out of your house and it's raining you can just go it's raining mm -hmm. there's no trust involved in that specific example right um and it's the more people have to the harder it is but yeah to answer your question look i love i love the crew to come over to check it out um you know fearlesswealth.com um obviously there's an email you can sign up for i've been doing a weekly email for 10 years wow maybe longer um i don't shy away <laughs> from stuff which also means i uh, I, I upset people yeah. not i don't mean to i don't set out to right. um but I just, I love what I do. I love the results my clients get and fearlesswealth.com is the place to go. Beautiful. So fearlesswealth.com, you guys can go check out RC. And RC, I just want to bring it home with a final takeaway, wrapping this whole conversation up, man. What do you want our audience to, to walk away with? I want them to walk away with two things. One, it wasn't their fault. Mm. It, it, really, it really wasn't their fault. They were taught to be scared. I just, I, like... Even if we just stop there, you were taught to be scared about money. You were taught to be confused. You were taught to be overwhelmed. That was all taught to you. When the sperm and the egg hit, probably didn't happen yet. <laughs> uh, but we were taught to be scared around investing in money. And I guess the, the only follow-up is, and there's a better way. Like my, my, my graduates are not scared at all. They even, they even remark on it. They're like, I kind of didn't believe you. I thought it might be a little bullshitty that you said that, but here I am. And I don't, I'm good because I know I'm okay. Like they can't believe it until it happens. And they go, oh, wow. That's a good feeling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. RC, this is gold, man. Uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate you giving people their freedom, their sovereignty back to be able to create their life and, and helping them live to 100 or 120 or whenever it is and have a, a plan to do it. And they don't, need, they don't need someone outside of themselves, but they can go to you and uh, get that support and help them along their journey. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, man. We'll see you soon, okay? Bye. From the bottom of my heart, Thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. 
share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.